And at some point I was at a friend's house and we were smoking so much weed. When I was going home, riding my bike in the night, I somehow got the urge to pray. Somehow I asked the Lord. I was so curious because at this church, people were talking constantly about Jesus, about prayer, about His love, about His grace. I watched the messages, I watched the service before, and I was really curious about God, who is God now. Now I wanted to know. Now I really wanted to know. Because before I was just denying it, now I wanted to know. So just in this night, I spoke to the night, God, if you are there, if you are really there, speak to me. So before I got to know Jesus, I was a person who was searching, and because I was searching, I didn't really have a real identity. I was denying everything. I was a nihilist. I was identifying myself with several philosophies that were really denying life after death. So if you would know the uh, existentialism philosophy, I would really identify with it. And basically this philosophy says life after death no, nothing like this, nothing. And life is senseless. And this is really the philosophy I was following. And also I was following the philosophy of nihilism. And nihilism really means you're denying every sort of norm in society. You're really denying society as a whole. And that was really what I was doing. I was denying society. I didn't want to do anything with society, any of these norms, maybe for example, giving flowers, really something common in society, or certain festivals, um, Christmas, birthday. I was like, well, all these um, festivals, they are created in a sort of way. They are meant to be something, but in itself, as people are acting, are doing it, it is wrong and it's useless. It's some kind of empty inside. That was what I was saying. If people are giving flowers, they're just doing because it's a rule. And that was why I was denying it. I was not seeing any reason behind this. So I was really searching, but in the search, I didn't get any real reason or any answer. So really, I was really depressed. And yeah, this depression really led me to really bad habits. I was smoking weed. I was doing illegal graffiti for quite a long time. Actually, I started with 15, both smoking weed and graffiti. And this was really my identity. Because I was denying everything else, I created my new identity. This identity of these paintings on these walls. Not myself, but these lifeless paintings. This is really what I wanted to be. I didn't want it to be anything else. At a certain point, yes, I was really depressed. I didn't know where to go. And also, I was quite perfectionist and also in these little things I was always um, self I was self-harming myself I was um, how do you say uh, the word not denying myself yes I was denying myself also but I was hurting myself when I did something wrong oh condemning and, oh yes I'm condemning I was condemning myself yeah in those small things I was condemning myself quite heavily I was also cutting myself as a way to treat myself. And also, I was doing these cuttings to feel something. Because I was denying everything else, but inside I 
denied every feeling, but I really wanted to feel something inside of myself. Yeah. So I was doing these cuttings to feel something. So that was really my lifestyle, and I didn't know any way out. I, at one point, I really knew I felt that this was wrong. Because I was smoking so much weed, I had lung problems. When I was sleeping, I could hear my lungs doing these noises. And also, I got to court several times because of this graffiti thing. So mm -hmm. I was really on a way to completely destroy my life while denying everything. And that's really when, when Jesus came around. And uh, there was a church, there's a church in my neighborhood. And I got to know them, I think 2016, somewhere around, I got to know them. And I was still in this heavy denial. I deny everything. And I just said to them, I already knew, I got to know them, and I said to them, no, I do not believe. God is not real. All you're saying, all you're praying is useless. That was my position. So then the, position, the um, time came around where I felt, okay, I'm doing really bad to myself. Uh, this could end quite bad. This time around, I think it was 2021, the start of 2021, I felt this pain in my lungs and I already knew the church and somehow through the COVID situation they started doing these live streams and somehow on YouTube these live streams got recommended to me and I started watching these live streams because something touched me and there was something about these services, the worship part, I didn't like it at all because it was so lovely. There was so much love in this worship and I hated it. I hated it so much that I muted the music and I put on my bad music, 3-6 Mafia. Only this bad, bad, bad music. Won't quote any song names here. But that was what I was listening then because I didn't like this lovely worship music. But then I listened to the messages and I always liked the messages. Something was in these messages that was starting to touch me. It was starting to touch me and I didn't know why. But I wanted more. There was something was searching. The searching that was always there, there was no searching in these videos. It became a habit and at some point I was sitting on my, on my desk when I was watching this and I knew something would change. Didn't know what, didn't know how, didn't know why, but I knew something would change. And I kept watching these streams, and then they said at some point, well, we are renovating our barn into a church. And they knew I was already, I helped them at one point, painting the other house. And I said, well, I'm going to help you painting, because I needed some distraction from studying. And I started going over there, started helping there. And when I was there, I was there before. But there was something different now in this room. There was a spirit. And I felt this spirit. It was, I could describe it as a light. It was so light in this room. Even though it was a construction site, there was so much peace. And when I got home again, I could sense some darkness. And this really struck me. I was starting to think a lot about this. What is this? Why is this difference? And I watched these services. And uh, some, some, the pastor actually, he gave me a Bible. He, gift, he g gave me it as a gift. Never took a look into it, never opened the book, because I always said, no, I don't believe this. 
but now I started looking to this book. I opened the Bible several times just randomly, not really knowing what to read, and the scripture really spoke to me. And it was so amazing because never before I could experience this, but now I opened the Bible and the scripture would talk to me. And there was some verse, I don't know the verse, but it says that the devil is doing wrong wonders. And this really struck me and um, kept me thinking. Yes, we are Germans, we are thinking a lot. <laughs> and uh, yes, this really struck me because I was smoking a lot of weed. I needed the weed to feel good. I needed the weed to, to sleep. I couldn't sleep without the weed. And I connected this thought in the Bible. I already connected this with the weed. So through this, I felt, okay, Bible's talking to me. Bible's talking to me. Quit the weed. Quit it. Yeah, so this thought process really started going. I went there and I started working there and I could experience this. I could talk to people. There was some person who always told me, Jesus loves you. And that got stuck to me too. He always told me, Jesus loves you. And before I also love, I always denied love. And then suddenly this guy comes around, always tells me, Jesus loves you. I always talked about love. I always denied that. And at some point I was at a friend's house and we were smoking so much weed. When I was going home, riding my bike in the night, I suddenly got the, somehow got the urge to pray. Somehow I asked the Lord. I was so curious because at this church, people were talking constantly about Jesus, about prayer, about His love, about His grace. I watched the messages, I watched the service before, and I was really curious about God, who is God now. Now I wanted to know. Now I really wanted to know. Before I was just denying it, now I wanted to know. So just in this night, I spoke to the night, God, if you are there, if you are really there, if you are there, speak to me. I want to get to know more of you. I want to know more about you. So at this night I prayed this, and the next day I had time again to go over to the church and work. And usually construction sites are loud, people are busy, people are working. You only talk when you're pausing, when you do a break and you eat. But at this day it was really quiet. It was only me and some other guy working, and it was actually the pastor. We had such great time just speaking, and I was just asking questions. So many questions got up in my mind, and I just asked and asked and asked and asked. And he could tell me so much about God. And the whole time we were the only ones in the church, in this construction site. And it was, it was quiet, no music, just us working. And also, we were not doing work where you should, where you were supposed to be loud, like with working loud tools. No, we were working where you could talk. In the evening, we were working quite long. In the evening, another guy came around. I didn't know him before. This was the guy who always, always said, Jesus loves you, but I hadn't really talked to him yet. I didn't even know his name. But in this evening, he came to me and asked me, do you believe in God? Do you know God? And I was like, no. Well, I guess I, I'm, I'm a little bit 50-50. I'm questioning. <laughs> and he could share so much about God and he was just smiling and just through what he was talking, how he was doing it, how he was talking, there was so much love, so much passion. He couldn't stop talking and I was 
really listening like a sponge is sucking up the water. That was how I was listening. And it was so amazing. Just after I prayed, Lord, I want to know more of you. This happened. And I don't know any other situation after this on this construction site where there was so much time for conversation like this. We had more time doing work. And at one point, we were standing in the church, me and this, this guy. And uh, I asked him again something. And he was like, okay, now we have to quit working. We have to now do some spiritual work. And then he asked me, do you want to pray? And I was really, okay, I have never really prayed before, like in a real way with somebody else. I didn't want to do it. I said, okay, I'm, I don't want to do it. And he said, well, I will pray and you will speak after me. So that's what we did. And basically the prayer was, well, Jesus, I want to give my whole life to you. <laughs> so I just spoke it after him. And after realizing what I just prayed, I was like, oh no, what did I do? And it was so amazing. We were just, oh yes, it's done. Hallelujah. It was so amazing. It felt so amazing. I was so touched by it. Immediately after we finished the prayer, I was so touched, but also this urge to smoke weed again just came up. And I just told the boy, the friend, well, no, I want to really get high. Because why did I told him? Because he was also smoking weed before he got to Christ. So we had this connection also, so I could share it to him because he knew the urge. And he told me, you don't need it anymore. You now have Jesus. You don't need it anymore. And this was so amazing. You have to throw it away. Throw it away. I was like, man, can't do it. <laughs> but he just encouraged me to do it, to throw it away. And then came t time came around that I would leave, go home. And last thing he thought, uh, told me was, throw away your weed. You don't need it anymore. You have Jesus in your heart. And I was like, okay, I will go over now. First thing I will do is throw, throw away the weed. If I don't do it right away, I won't do it. I just will smoke the weed. Actually, first thought I had when I was opening the door, I could smoke some last, some last bird before I would throw it away. Thankfully, thank God I haven't done it. I was so filled somehow. I just took my weed and threw it away. We just bought some new, some new weed for the week. So I had quite much at my house. It wasn't like it was the last rest. It was quite much for the week, but I could just throw it away. The feeling of it was quite strange because somehow I felt released. I felt freed, but also the moment I threw it away, I realized, no, I have no weed anymore. What should I do now? I have no weed, man. It was, that was really quite hard and I wanted to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. The whole week I couldn't sleep because when you have addiction, you always have side effects and you don't do with the drugs anymore. The body wants the drug, but it doesn't get the drug. So I couldn't sleep the whole week, um, but it was so blessed. It was so blessed because now there wasn't this big thing be between me and God anymore because the weed really separate me from God somehow, I'm sure. Pretty quick, actually, five weeks after I gave my life to Jesus, time went around, came around that uh, first services would be in this new church and we would have 
baptism service. And in this baptism service, we would have baptism and there was a guest pastor doing the preaching and also doing the baptism with our pastor together. At this time, when I knew, okay, we would be doing uh, baptizing, I thought, okay, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. Not ready yet, no. But I wanted to see it. So I went there and I got the best seat possible. I got the best seat possible to get the best view on to the baptism tank and the whole baptism process. When I was seeing the baptism, I really felt, okay, this is cool, this is great, this is really amazing, I wanted this too. And I also really liked the message from the pastor. And it was a Russian pastor actually, and he preached in a really strong way. And this really touched me. And after the service, I really, I got the um, possibility to talk to him. And I told him, well, I like, I somewhat like the idea of baptizing. I like your message. I like to get baptized too, but maybe later. I have some doubts. I have this and this and this and this. Reasons, reasons, reasons. And he just told me, just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. <laughs> and um, I was worrying first, but he was doing it in this way, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's just do it. And yes, at this at one point, I said, okay. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Okay, we'll go do it. And it was so amazing. We, we did this baptism and the service was already over. But we filled the tank with new water. Actually, some people were still there cleaning. So there was a small crowd. Somebody organized a guitar and it was so, it was really blessed baptism. Yes, um, that was really, really touching. And after that, really the Lord really pushed me. It was even after, after I gave my life to Jesus, it restarted already, that it was quite the pace. God really was doing the pace with me. I mean, five weeks after I gave my life to Jesus, I was already baptized without even planning it. And after I got baptized, it was such a roller coaster of feelings. It was so blessing, but also great attacks. But God really changed my heart. That's what he did. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the depression earlier. Yeah. Uh, how, after giving your life to Jesus and, and now you're in this road of acceleration, how yeah. did he begin to deal um, with the depression? Are you still dealing with that today? Yeah, so amazing happened, really. I had to deal with depression a long time. And I had to deal with it in, this, in the start, too. An enemy really used self-damning thing. The condemning self-condemning ha yeah. habit. He used it against me really heavily, but I'm really thankful to the Lord that he took it away. It's mm -hmm. gone now. It's completely gone. Sometimes it comes up, but not the intensity is not in any way like it was in the past. Sometimes thoughts come up, but I was cutting myself. I was hurting myself. I was using my belt to just hit me on the back. So. I'm far away from this, completely far away. It's gone. No more depression. And I thank the Lord that he took it away. Yeah. How, how did he do it? Because for somebody that's in that place, yeah. uh, you know, that almost can seem impossible. And for you, he did it in a, in a very unique way. But what were the, one of the ways that he was able to free you from that depression and, and even bring love into your life? Really, there was this urge 
to just reach out to him, to reach out to him, to talk to him, to just have this conversation. I felt so much joy in this feeling, in this relationship. There were so many times when I was just talk, just uh, taking a walk, just praying to him and just worshiping. In this worship, there was so much joy. I was so filled with so much joy. This really filled me and this really has a, had an, a lasting effect, this joy that came into my heart, because this was a joy God gave me. This was not a joy that was given me by some substances. Mm. God really gave opportunities to change me also through people, also through messages. At some point there was a message, message about the heart. I knew I had a really stone heart. My heart was really hard as a stone. I really closed my heart to every emotion possible. I didn't want to feel anything. But this person, this preacher, he shared about the heart, how important it is to have a soft heart, how to keep your heart soft. This message really uh, touched me and I couldn't forget what he was saying. And I prayed to the Lord, really. I prayed to him that he may change my heart. He may soften my heart again, because it is possible that he may soften our heart, even if it's stone. Mm. And I prayed to the Lord. And after that, he um, got me in contact with a woman who is really an ambassador of love. It's so amazing. She has, has such a lovely personality and just the way she, how she acts is just love. Yeah. Just experience this really changed me. She's really an ambassador of love. And, and just to give context to people, yeah. um, this is an elderly lady from your church? Yes, this is actually the oldest woman in the church. Yes. And, and uh, you shared your testimony with me before, but you, uh, the description that was given is, is this is an, an elder, she's the, the eldest in the church, yeah. and uh, I, I believe she's also by herself, yes? Yes, she's a lot alone. She's alone a lot by herself. Yeah. And she needs community. She needs that. And she always says in the service, call me, call me. And I really had it on my heart to call her because I somehow felt sorry for her. Mm. I felt sorry for her for being alone because I somehow I really liked her. I really liked this cute little woman. <laughs> I just started calling her and she was, she was so thankful for this. And she expressed how blessed she was by just me calling her. And this really touched me too because she has so much love and just how she talks how she acts, she always wants to hug you. And it really, it fits together because I have to learn a lot about the love. I have to listen a lot. And she likes to share a lot about the love. So this fits perfectly. Perfect. I have to listen, she wants to talk, and she has the time, I had the time. It's, just, it's amazing, it's really amazing. Uh, you mentioned earlier about not believing in these kind of like society rules, yeah. uh, quote unquote, right? And uh, you specifically talked about even like the giving of flowers. Yeah. God did something really powerful with you in, in that aspect. Um, could you share just, just how he began to even break that off of you? Yes, this is really also an example how God really softened my heart because this was an aspect I really hated, this giving flowers. I was, as I said before, I think it's, it's empty. It's an empty norm, it's an empty process. 
at some point I was sitting at my desk and I got this thought, I have to give somebody some flowers and I couldn't believe it. Uh, some week before we had a worship night. It was really strong worship night and I was so touched by the worship night. And on the Monday after it, I had this urge to give somebody flowers. I was like, no, what's happening now? Why me? Why flowers? I was really thinking I was getting crazy. I called my mom. Am I getting crazy now? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about giving somebody flowers. How is that possible? And she was really amazed. And she said, well, that's good. That's, that's amazing. She, she was amazed really positively that I was getting these thoughts of giving flowers because I shared to her that I hate giving flowers. It's so empty. And suddenly I call her and ask her about giving flowers and how to do it and, and such. And yes, she encouraged me to do it because she said, it's good, it's you're not crazy. And God really, really was leading this whole process of giving flowers. And I didn't want it to do it. And I didn't even know how to do it, haven't done it before. And a friend of mine, his mom is a florist. It happened that I was at his place and I could talk to her and I could ask her if she could do it. I didn't told her for what. I didn't know really what the flowers were for, maybe for the neighbor, maybe for the other neighbors. I just had this strong urge to, to give some flowers. It was so strange for me. And I just asked her if she could do it. And she was like, yeah, for sure. I know what you like. I know I give you a, a special prize. I make it for you. I know how your taste is. I make it everything for you. And it was so amazing. I didn't even have to go to a store. I just could ask her. And then after that, I, I asked myself, okay, how should I get the flowers to my place? I only have my bike. And flowers on bikes, they don't like each other. And the, on the Friday, she just suddenly came around and said, well, I just felt like I could uh, visit the neighbor a few. And then I thought, okay, I could bring you the flowers too. Problem solved. I didn't have to get the flowers with my bike. She just brought them around. She just had the feelings to do it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, and then I went to the church and I, we... Uh, did some uh, did did a little small service in the church, always after the breakfast, and I was invited to it, and I was just bringing the flowers to them, and I was always walking with the flowers. I was like, "What are you doing now? What are you doing? You're holding flowers in your hands, going over there, <laughs> and just gave them the flowers, and it was so amazing. It was such an act of love, and they were, it was it was it was, it was real." It was real joy because I was so touched by the service, um, by the worship night. I just wanted to thank them and I suddenly had a way to thank them and they were so touched by these flowers. They were so thankful. And this was really something where the Lord changed me and only God can do this because me, myself, I hated flowers. And suddenly this thought comes into my mind, you should give somebody some flowers. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. Actually. I gave away some more flowers since this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lastly, you you mentioned the art. Yeah. And um, I know God did something in your heart mm. when it came to how you thought about art. So, so if you could just share with us very quickly of what God did in that area. Yeah. So before I got to Christ, art was really my identity. And before of that, because of that, 
when I got to Christ, I really said myself, okay, I will completely quit the art because it's just for me. It's not for God. There's no, I don't glorify God through my art, but my life should be, my life should be express God. I completely stopped doing art. I didn't want to do it anymore. And actually before I got to Christ, I started a small screen printing project. I had some clothes around me, around my place. I was always doing test prints on my working clothes. And as we were working at the church, we were building something. I was really, I was wearing my working clothes uh, where I did some test prints. And some friend at the church asked me about these prints. He liked the prints and he wanted a print. And I took him over to my place and he liked the prints. And as he was at my place, he told me, well, you should do it for Jesus. I took the thought into my mind and weighed around and thought about it. I wasn't ready yet for it. I was like, okay, I want to do no art for myself, maybe for Jesus. And then he called me actually again. He called me and said, he suddenly had it so much on his heart to just tell me I should do it for Jesus. I should start the screen printing project for Jesus. And at this point, it was really clear. I should do it. And I started uh, doing some graphics and I just asked him, do you like this? Do you like this? And yes, we decided on one graphic and actually it went really well. Uh, we had a youth group in the church and he just told him, well, this guy, he's doing also screen prints. He's doing it. And I just gave him a t-shirt and a hoodie and just, he just wore it, wore it at this, at this youth church and the youth service. And they really liked it. They really liked it. And everybody wanted to hoodie. And pretty much, um, pretty soon, it seemed like this was the youth hoodie, <laughs> even though it was never meant like this. And at this point, I have made 97 hoodies. Wow. I have done no commercials or anything. It's a really small project, but God is really blessing it. Always when I'm thinking, okay, it's over, some other guys come around and say, oh, I want a hoodie. Can, I, can you send me one? Uh, I have sent some to Switzerland, to Berlin, uh, to around, around Germany, to some uh, in Oldenburg and also in Minden. So it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's cool. So many people get, get blessed by it. And I always, when I send the hoodies out, I always I write a letter uh, with Matthew 28 to just share the gospel because that's what it's really for. If you wear this hoodie, people see it, they, they read about Jesus. And that's so amazing. Now, you are in India right now. Yes. Um, how, how does that happen? Like, how did you get here? You, you've been saved now for walking with Jesus for how long? Well, it's approximately a year and a half. Mm. It's quite short time. Yeah. So how, how did you get to, to India? In our church, it was really, it was uh, decided in a really short time. Uh, somebody asked if we, if we could come to India. And in the church, it was just announced that we would do it. And if we had it on our heart, we could do it. And actually, I, my first thought was, I can't do it because I have to do some work. And the work and the timetable of this travel kind of collided. It overlapped. 
So I thought, okay, I can't do it. And we prayed about it. And actually we could make it that I could do some work here and prepare everything. And it was really short time. We had to do everything quite quick, but by God's grace, we could arrange everything and prepare everything that's needed to get you visa, passport, etc., to come here. It was also quite a blessing because at the start, it was quite unclear. It's amazing how, um, what God is doing in your life. It's a lot going on. Yes. For people who, who are watching right now mm -hmm. and are cutting themselves, yes. are depressed, don't believe in anything, are searching, uh, to those people who are watching your testimony right now, what can you tell them? Well, if you are cutting yourself and you are condemning yourself, first of all, don't do it. Don't do it. Reach out to God. Have the courage to just do it. Even if your, your rational mind says it's completely nonsense, just try it. It's worth it. Just do it. I just want to ask you, have you even done it before? Because me personally, I hadn't done it before. I just denied it. I hadn't asked the Lord really. But as I just shared, when I asked the Lord, show me who you are, it actually happened. So I just want to encourage you, just do it. Don't listen to this voice that says there's no reason to do it. It's not worth it. Don't do it and reach out to God. Have the courage, do it. You can try. There's so much change. There's so much joy. There's so much freedom. I mean, if you're doing drugs now, if you're smoking weed, if you're smoking tobacco, you're so bound to this thing. And God can free you from this. There's so much freedom, so much joy. There's so much health. Yeah. Are you still dealing with the condemning thoughts? Compared to what it was, maybe 0.1%. Wow. Yeah. If you could share very, very, just very quickly how God was able to, to, to do that in your life, mm -hmm. to remove those thoughts, or when did you realize like, oh, wow, this is, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yeah, so there was one particular situation where I realized that and it was after I took a quite took a walk quite long and it was really worship intense. I was just worshiping the Lord along the way and I was just praying to him. And as I was doing this, I was feeling so much joy in my heart. I was so filled with joy that I was just hallelujah. I was just shouting out hallelujah, praise him, thank you Jesus. I was just experiencing this. I was just in the experience of, wow, Jesus, you are there. You are filling my heart with so much joy. Wow. And I was, when I was coming home, I was so amazed. Wow, that was not just a walk. That was, man, that was so intense. And after that, I was cooking some food. I was preparing food. I was catching vegetables. And some vegetables fell onto the floor. And this happened before, as I'm living alone, I'm cutting vegetables all the day. And before that, I was always condemning myself for this, man, what are you doing? Why? You're bad, you're blah, blah, blah. I was condemning myself really hard for this small thing. And after that, 
this, also some vegetables fell down and I would just pick them up. And I just picked them up and started cutting and I was keeping cutting the vegetable. I realized, whoa, you didn't even bother. Wow. And uh, that was after I had this walk where I was just experiencing this intense joy, where God was filling me with this intense joy. Wow. Yeah. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus for me is like an anchor. No matter where I am or how my situation may be, I can always reach out to him. He's always there. He always listens. All my thoughts that I have, I can bring to him. All my doubts, I can just ask him. I can talk to him. I can just bring it to him. I can ask him and in some way he will answer me. And this is something I could really experience a lot. That there were some situations, really practical things. I could just ask the Lord, what should I do now? And some solution came up. And it's so amazing. Just practical things like um, doing some renovation work in the house. It was really God who opened the eyes. And this is really how I experienced God. He's really a friend and an anchor because he gives me this freedom. I don't need the weed anymore as an anchor. I have a stronger anchor now. The weed is really a temporary anchor that somehow dissolves itself really quickly, but God is a really strong anchor. This anchor is really strong in the ground. Nobody couldn't pull it out. And this is Jesus for me. Any last words for the people who are watching your testimony right now? Go for it and go for it 100%. Go full speed mode. Well, you don't go full speed mode. God will do it, but just be open for it. Just say to God, yes, let's just go for it. No matter what situation may come up, just go for it. Um, I think it's going to be quite troubling. And I think there will come some uh, troubles to me too, but I think it's, and I am sure, and this is my experience from now on, it's always worth it. And God can do so much great things through you and with you, even things you don't even imagine. God is using your talent, but he also uses you in a way where you don't even imagine. So that's so amazing.